welcome to Rebirth of the Words podcast episode. I am your host, Seeker of Knowledge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today's a great day. Today's episode is about what I've learned since publishing my third article titled The Creation of Man and Woman. This article that I wrote was written in August of 2020, and it was the third article that I had published on my website. And that website is www.rebirthoftheword.com. And basically, what I wrote about was me comparing what the Sumerians recorded on cuneiform tablets to what's written in the Bible. There are some similarities between what's recorded on cuneiform from the Sumerians to what's written in the Holy Bible, but I've read on many different occasions that even though there are similarities, there are a lot of differences. And that's why it's crucial for me to know where was the first creation story recorded. This is important for me because basically I wanted to know where the originators or who were the originators of what is known as God's inner creation of humanity. There are many, many, many different versions of the creation of the universe, the earth, the planets, and even humanity. But uh, for me, I had to find out actually who was the, the individuals who was in charge of uh, creating humanity. Suppose the Sumerians are considered the founders of writing and civilization. In that case, I'll start there because um, that is the place where it was first recorded. But I can't help but be reminded that the ancient Egyptians are not far behind the Sumerians. And in some cases, may have even be, have even came before the Sumerians in their civilization. It just depends on what is used to determine what is considered a civilization. How I understand it is that the beginning of the Sumerian civilization started around 3600 BC. And that's when the first writing system was said to be created. And that was created by the Sumerians, as I said before. However, the first city of Sumer was Eridu. Uh, that's spelled E-R-I-D-U, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, which was founded around 5400 BC. So basically you have a city that was created before what is considered a civilization. And with the ancient Egyptians, the Nile River Valley was first inhabited around 6000 BC, and they began organized farming around 5000 BC, and the Egyptian writing system, the hieroglyph scripts, was created around 3200 BC. So with all these dates that I just mentioned, it is clear that the representation of the first founders of the first civilization is determined by the writing system. So basically the determination of what is considered a writing system is also the determination of what is considered the first civilization. But here's the kicker. I also have read on many different occasions is that uh, the Sumerians are said to come from one or many different locations. Um, their location of where they came from is unverified. And that is a whole nother episode for me to get into in a later date. But the thing is, is if the Sum Sumerians um, are not initially from ancient Mesopotamia, 
then where did they come from? And that was still and still is today one of the most important questions that I have, especially if I'm looking for their originators. And I say that because if the Sumerians got their information from somewhere, their their uh, myths or their technologies, I, and it doesn't technology doesn't have to be watching a TV or a computer. I mean, technology can be anything. A bow and arrow, creating the first bow and arrow, is a type of technology. But if the Sumerians came from somewhere else, where did they get that knowledge from? That's what strikes the curiosity within me about who the Sumerians were, because the only thing that I can go off when I identify them is the black-headed people, but even then, many people would just say, that's the color of their hair, and I still don't get that. But anyway, I want to know where exactly did these myths come from? Um, anybody who has studied ancient history or um, ancient civilizations know that there has always been uh, a command and conquer type thing. I command my troops to conquer this place. And that's basically what happened. But this episode will add to what was already published on my website. And that website again is www.rebirthoftheword.com. And I highly re recommend reading that article after listening to this episode. I have this website that I like to use when I'm trying to compare um, other myths to the Sumerians and uh, I mean just overall comparing the Sumerian myths to other people because I've learned that um, there is a beginning stage of all our myths and that beginning stage started somewhere and right now all I can go off of is either the Sumerians or the Egyptians but the website that I like to use to compare other myths to the Sumerians is um, it's etcsl dot o-r-i-n-s-t dot o-x dot a-c dot u-k and in my article I provide actual translations that have been made by um, the Oxford University that had to do with the creation story. And the reason why I picked the Sumerians for my comparison is because they are considered to be the founders of the first writing system and civilization. That's what's respectfully uh, given to the Sumerians. So it only makes sense to go where the mentioning of gods was first recorded. However, however, I am very, very well aware that the Egyptian civilization and writing system comes very close, if not before the Sumerians in some cases. But for some odd reason, the ancient Egyptians are not well respected for being the founders of either the writing system or civilization. And that's why it's important for me to share what I'm about to say, because if it is possible that the ancient Egyptians are the founders of both the writing system and civilization, then I need to explore that just as much as I did with the Sumerians. I mean, I spent a lot of time reading about the Sumerians and, and, and their culture and religion and beliefs and all that. And it's important because I want to know where the first creation story came from. I can't stress that enough. And 
what I'm about to share is very controversial because it has to do with quote unquote identifying. And many people are all over the place when they want to credit, take credit for anything. And for me, when I wanted to know where the first creation story came from, I had to dig as deep as I could, go back as far as I could. And, um, and that's when genetics science helps with some of that clarity of who did what and when. And what I've learned is that the ancient Egyptians and Sumerians possibly shared a common haplogroup. And that haplogroup was E1B1B. I mean, it's incredible to know that there is a possibility that the ancient Egyptians and the Sumerians may have shared a common haplogroup. I mean, you can go and research that for yourself, but back to my article, when I wrote that article, I wrote it because everything I was reading at that time had a creation story about humanity, including the Aztecs, the Maya people, and even the Greeks. And we, and I know, I'm not going to say we, I know that the Greeks took a lot of their information from the ancient Egyptians and the Sumerians. That's, that's a known fact. I mean, it is a known fact. That's all I'm going to say. The first pair of what is to be believed as modern humans are known worldwide as Adam and Eve, the first homo sapiens. So the first time I ever heard anything about the creation of humans came from attending church services as a kid. And this is important for me to share because I want to show you how this journey of mine started. My website is all about my journey of learning about ancient history. You can go through my first article to my most current article. And if you listening to this a year later, um, that still applies. You can see how and when I started to learn new things and started to share everything. I mean, it is incredible because at one time I believed one thing or I knew one thing. And then six months later, I learned something else that contradicts what I learned before. So it's always an ongoing learning um, journey for me. This journey of mine that I speak of started because of my curiosity on why some things happened the way they did in the Bible. And one of my curiosities was that uh, the creation of Adam and Eve, the first people on earth. Um, whenever I go to church, or whenever I would go to church, I should say, with my family or friends when I was a kid and even as an adult, at times I would occasionally hear that God with a capital G created the first man named Adam. This is what it says in the Bible, in the King James Version uh, of the Holy Bible on why God created Adam. And it states, Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, what was the reason for all this? Why create a human man on earth for a personal garden that was one of many questions that i've had why would god person or being deity or whatever you may want to call him or her what was the reason for creating humans to uh 
tend to your garden and um, I couldn't help but wonder what was the reason then moving forward eventually God noticed that Adam needed a partner and decided to put Adam to sleep and then he proceeded to take a rib and this is what is believed from Adam's body and then he created Eve the first woman from Adam's rib and they were supposedly the only two people on planet earth at the time before I continue I have to say this I've learned a lot about the Bible and how it contains allegory what is an allegory the definition of allegory is a story a poem or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning typically a moral or political one to reveal a hidden message or meaning basically what does that exactly mean to you I'll let you think about that because this is up into interpretation that's basically what the Bible is and the Bible may have an interpretation for uh, different people but guess what there is one meaning to that and many people people believe that that meaning has always been secret and uh, let me make this clear there is absolutely nothing wrong with religion I need to make that as clear as possible and as I said earlier when I was a kid I was told to believe that what's in the Bible is all true therefore even questioning what's written in the Bible or questioning God's decisions were frowned upon and in many in many cases a sin so as a kid, I was curious, but stayed away from asking specific questions or expressing my thoughts. I had questions about religion, but I was too afraid to ask because of my fear of going to hell. And that's as a kid, you know, that's the kid thinking that. So with that being said, in the King James Version of the Bible, it says in Exodus 20:11, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it from what I learned is that those six days didn't really mean six days like we know today Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday um, those six days is six thousand years this goes back to the Holy Bible containing allegory, meaning one thing. And uh, there are a few different theories on why this is so. And with the Google, simple Google search, you'll get so many different theories and different versions of why 6,000 years. But being a kid going to church learning one thing, then turning around and going to school on a Monday morning, and being taught that earth is billions of years old and that humans came from apes and don't get me started on that because there's going to be another episode but uh, that humans came from apes with that being argued but it had me confused because I would go to church on Sunday and hear about how um, God is in control of everything and in it is clearly written in ancient times that Adam was created from dust, dirt, or clay, depending on your interpretation or what book you read from. But for some, but but what's for certain is nowhere in the Bible it says humans came from apes. 
in the six days or 6,000 years, whichever way you want to look at it, of the creation story in the Bible of the planet Earth is nowhere near the 4.5 billion years, which is the estimate of how old the planet is. But then I noticed that uh, certain people only shared information that made them feel comfortable inside. And I also noticed that those same people would piggyback off of someone else's work, meaning that uh, they only agreed with certain people about what they were writing, certain scholars. It didn't matter what it was. And, what I, and I can give you a good example of that. Um, Michael S. Heiser and uh, Zachariah Sitchin. I mean, I'll let you Google Michael S. Heiser and let you see what he has to say about Zachariah Sitchin. But there are people who believe what Michael S. Heiser says and people who believe what just Zachariah Sitchin says. And neither one of them will explore the other's uh, knowledge in that, meaning they won't, they won't even t attempt to read or rationalize or even um, come close to thinking that that other person may have a piece of the puzzle that they may not have. And, uh, but for anyone who is genuinely there to help others, telling someone half truths does nothing for that person. And I'm sure that that person may gain something from that. And I mean, whatever it could be, I mean, they gaining whatever. I, I don't know, made them feel good. Um, they are the center of attention. They're um, discrediting somebody that they dislike. Either way, they, they're benefiting something from it. And uh, anyway, but the, the first Christian Bible was written in 144 AD, but the oldest known creation story on this planet is the Enuma Elish. And I believe I'm saying that correctly, but if I'm not, it's spelled E-N-U-M-A-E-L-I-S-H. And it's from ancient Mesopotamia, a recording on cuneiform that dates to around 1800 to 1100 BC and is credited to the Babylonians. This story um, is about a great battle between two deities, Marduk and Tiamat, resulting in the creation of the earth and humanity. The storm god Marduk wins the match eventually, which made him the ruler over the other gods and becomes the almighty god in Babylonian religion. But what happened was Marduk, when he defeated Tiamat, he used Tiamat's body to form the sky and the earth. The Mesopotamian rivers were created, the Euphrates and the Tigris, from the tears in Tiamat's eyes. And uh, he finally creates humanity or forms the humanity from the blood of Tiamat's son and spouse, Kingu. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but it's spelled K-I-N-G-U. And they were created to serve the gods. And like I said, this is just one of many interpretations of the creation of earth and humans. The Enuma Elish basically gives more of an idea of the creation myth on earth and the first humans versus what's written in the Holy Bible in Genesis. And going back to what is said in Genesis, Genesis 2.15 says, Good God took and placed Adam in the Garden of Eden. Then that means the first man was created at one location and then later transferred to another area. So where did the God 
get the ingredients to make man. I mean, like I said, he was created from dust, dirt, or clay, depending on uh, your interpretation. But the point is, is that just like I said with the Sumerians, the Sumerians said they came from a different location. Remember I said that, right? Um, ancient Mesopotamia is supposed to be the cradle of civilization. It's supposed to be where Adam and Eve was first uh, put. That's where the Garden of Eden is supposedly been at. That's what many people believe. That's what is said across um, the world. I mean, Christianity and Judaic, uh, it, it, that's basically what humans came from is ancient Mesopotamia. That was a question that I had and still do actually. And that's why I feel that I need to understand where the first creation story came from because it's evident that the Sumerians have their creation story, the, the Babylonians, the, the ancient Mesopotamians. Um, let me make this clear. From what I understand is that the Akkadians, Babylonians, and so forth, they took their myths, their stories from the Sumerians. So when I say the Sumerians, I mean the originators, because that's what they're, they're the originators of, of ancient Mesopotamia. And it is said that, that uh, when they went from the Sumerians to the Akkadians to the Babylonians, they took their stories and in many ways changed it depending on um, what was Seton fit to do so. But anyway, um, with the Sumerians having their creation story and then the ancient Egyptians uh, also having their side of the story because they're coming up really close behind the uh, Sumerian civilization but before the Akkadians, um, there is no telling what information we lost because of the, the, the great, the destruction of the great library of Alexandria. I mean, this, the ancient Egyptians, like I said, come very close to the Sumerian civilization. And in many cases, some people believe that the ancient Egyptians came from, came first, but we also know that, or I should say we, I also know that um, the e ancient Egyptians are founded by people with the haplogroup E1B1B, or that's one of the possibilities. But what helps me understand better is that I know that uh, Nimrod uh, came from Kush. So that just gives me another idea where these people came from. But with my curiosity getting the best of me, I continued to just read books about ancient civilizations and their uh, myths and gods and goddesses and so forth and so on. Um, eventually, I came across an individual named Lilith, possibly Adam's first wife. Now, that's not something I was taught in church, but before I get into about her being Adam's first wife, I want to give you an idea about who I, uh, Lilith possibly was. Um, I've learned that Lilith may have possibly been Ninlil, that's a, a Sumerian uh, Anunnaki uh, goddess, also known as the Anuna, which is the Anunnaki. But Ninlil was once honored for her many things like her wisdom, the right to freedom, courage, passion, pleasure, and even sexuality. And in ancient Mesopotamia, according to what I've read from the scholars who studied the Sumerian and Akkadian Babylonians, the, the ancient, Mesopotamian, ancient Mesopotamian myths, is that Lilith is considered the first feminist goddess dating to around 2300 BC. Now that's just what I've read and that's what's written 
and and these 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 uh through these scholars and she was supposed to be supposedly a wife to Enlil which was an Anunnaki god uh like I said Anuna by the Sumerians um because she was also considered Enlil so that's where they get the you know the correlation or connect the dots with but sometime later um, she was portrayed as a, as a demon or evil and was forced to give birth to demon-like children of some sort. And there are actually many different versions of Lilith, but one thing is that I learned that is clear is that uh, her history goes back to being uh, the wife of Adam. And trust me, I know it's not written in the Holy Bible anything about Lilith, but anyone who is well knowledgeable about the bible knows that there are books that aren't included in the bible like the book of enoch for example but basically in judaic history when it comes to lilith being adam's first wife it is said that lilith was created at the same time as adam and because she was made and created at the same time as adam she felt that she was equal as Adam was, and she didn't want to be submissive to Adam and want equality. And listen, this is what set off a lot of animosity between Adam and Lilith, from what I understand, is that he wanted her to be submissive to him. Now listen, eventually God, with a capital G, agreed with Adam to having Lilith be kicked out of the Garden of Eden and what made the story even crazier now is that we know that or i shouldn't say we i should say i eve was created from the rib of adam and that was his submissive woman and that's how the creation of eve came about and that's crazy to know that there was a woman who was created with uh, with Adam and there is nothing else written about that in the Bible you have to get that information from the lost books and, and it's amazing to know that and not even just being in lost books it's Judaic history but what's interesting is that Eve was never Adam's first wife at least not in the beginning and I still don't understand how Lilith was wiped out from the Bible um, I don't understand what, what, what could be the reason but none of this is my interpretation and this is all from what I have read from scholars who wrote books about this type of history and all I do is share what I've read I mean some of this stuff is shocking to me and uh, with the etymology the books that aren't included in the Bible the Samaritan myths, the Akkadian myths from the Babylonians from uh, about Lilith being known to the Egyptians but because of the destruction of the Great Library of Alexandria, it's evident that there's more to the story about the first humans created. And right now, from what I understand, that's Adam and Lilith. Then the question is, where did the wife come from Cain? For Cain, um, did Adam and Lilith have children? Um, one thing that I know for sure is that the Sumerians and the rest of ancient Mesopotamia and the ancient Egyptians believe wholeheartedly in their gods. And even though in their Bible, or in, in any Bible I should say, um, 
there's mentioning of many gods uh, in Exodus 18:11. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods for in the thing wherein they dealt probably he was above them. Um, I'm convinced that these gods being mentioned, whether it's the Bible, cuneiform, or hieroglyphs, it doesn't matter, uh, interfered a lot with humanity and its creation. I mean, what's the definition of God? I mean, there's many definitions for that. But the question is how and why, and the answers may be written in these myths, we just got to figure it out. In order to do that, everybody has to come together who is interested in these subjects and talk to one another. And uh, it's, int it's, it's, it's interesting, interesting to know that some people feel like they want to be right no matter what it is or their pride gets in their way and they don't want to even take the time to explore somebody else's theory or what they've learned or whatever the case may be. But um, it's interesting to know that when I read, when I first read Samuel Noah Kramer, I had no idea who Godfrey Higgins was, and um, both scholars are amazing, and I can't take nothing from either of them. But I've learned so much from both of them, and, I, and it's just getting better more the more I read. Even just not the old books themselves, but read the books uh, as of today, people who are researching the people who research their stuff, you know, in the 1700s, I mean, we have technology that helps us. That's why I like to use the word science. We have technology that helps us uh, put these pieces together a lot easier. But uh, before I go and log out for the day, I want to say that the best way to get notified of any of my new episodes is being uh, they're being posted on my Facebook group. All you got to do is just type in rebirth of the word. And I have a group and a page. And uh, you'll see a green logo. I mean, you can see that green logo on my website, www.rebirthoftheword.com. You can join the Facebook group uh, from there. You can like one and you can like the article. Um, and also you can uh, even scroll down on the on the articles or any page on my website you know pop some icons will pop up but i just want to thank everybody for listening and um today's episode the creation of man and woman i wrote like i said i wrote that article like almost over a year ago and i will continue to publish episodes at least once a month um if it's not once a month you'll get noticed on my facebook group but until then, knowledge is power.